everyone, my name is Carly Ann, and I'm a health and wellness enthusiast who dropped out of grad school to travel the world and discover my real passion and desire for helping others. And if I'm being completely honest, I'm kind of just figuring it out as I go. I'm on an ever-evolving journey that is often messy, unsure, and a bit crazy at times, but I am choosing crazy over easy. Throughout each episode, I hope you find yourself inspired and motivated to love the journey you are on while also learning to appreciate when things feel like somewhat of a hot mess. Thanks again for tuning in. I am your host, Carly Ann, and this is the Crazy Over Easy Podcast. Welcome back to the Crazy Over Easy Podcast. As always, I hope you're all having a wonderful day. And if not, I hope you're going to make it a great day. Uh, so after last week's episode, I told you guys, send me a message, send me an email if you guys have any questions or want me to dive deeper on things. So today I'm just going to answer a few. I think there's like four to six questions that I got. So this isn't a Q&A. It's just kind of diving a little bit deeper into last week's episode. And if you guys did miss that, I did a little my life story in a nutshell, if you will. I feel like I've reflected on so many things throughout this podcast, but I hadn't really gone back and fully done a, this is me and this is my life. And it was a quick, like 25, 20 20 minute episode. So clearly I did not tell absolutely everything, but um, I feel like it is important for me to do that every so often because you reflect back on things differently, right? Like in each season of life, you see things differently and you remember things differently and things impact you in a way that maybe they didn't impact you when it initially happened. And now you're like, oh gosh, I how did I overlook that? So anyways, a lot of you guys asked some wonderful questions. A lot of them are relationship-based. So I know I've been saying forever that I will get Casey on a podcast and we will do a Q&A, but the man finally had two days off this past weekend and we just got so much house stuff done because it had been about two and a half months since I had him home. So Anyways, first and foremost, the very first question was conversations about life before social media. And I loved that question because I think so many of us, or maybe it's just me because my life is so involved in social media now. I think a lot of us overlook who we were, what life was like, what did our everyday life kind of look like? How much time do we have on our hands? And a lot of us were young, right? So I know for me, I'm 32, I'll be 33 this June. And when Facebook initially came out, so I never had a MySpace, but when Facebook initially came out, you had to have a college email address in order to actually be able to be on the platform. And it just wasn't, it was like, to connect with people who are going to go to your to your university. So I never really jumped on it. I think I ended up I know I got Facebook when I started working for Club Med because I started meeting a bunch of really awesome people from all over the world and wanted to stay connected. And then I started an Instagram account when it was like, "Oh, let's add really cool filters <laughs> to like make the sunset look awesome." So that was when I had Instagram, but like maybe posted twice a year kind of a thing. But my life before social media, you know, when I saw that I actually reflect on this one memory so often, you guys. It was the very first week I started working for Club Med and I was in Cancun and it was, I I know I chatted about it a little bit last week, but I was in that season of life or in another place of life kind of when I would introduce myself and I would just say, oh, hey, I'm Carly. Like there was nothing behind it, right? Nobody knew who I was. I didn't have a job title attached to it. I didn't have a degree attached to it. I didn't have a family name behind it. I remember this one night, mind you, I didn't really drink in college. Um, I drank right before I turned 21. And so Club Med was kind of that like 20s experience and 
probably end up drinking too much, not gonna lie. But I was always... I was always like pretty responsible. I never really had that like need to go crazy, need to be wild. I just loved to dance. Like I loved to dance and it was, you know, with the girls and I just, I don't know. So I remember this one, you guys, I remember what I was wearing. It was Mexican night and they always did like a Cowboys and like a Cowboys theme. And so I was wearing these cute little jean shorts and this white tank top. I had a little bandana wrapped around the back of the shorts and cowboy boots on and was at the little nightclub of the resort. And I just remember I felt so free. Um, It was the first time in who knows how long that I wasn't fully in a relationship. Like I had, you know, been in that relationship for 10 years. And I just remember there was no care outside of that specific moment. And I think one thing with social media is, and again, this might just be me, but you know, it's the first thing we do now when we open, we wake, open our eyes, we open our phone, you check whatever it is. Is it your email? Is it your Instagram? Is it your Facebook? Is it your TikTok? Is it your Twitter? There's just so many outside, um, not even resources, just outside noise that can start to impact you. And in this moment in Cancun, where I'm definitely buzzed on the dance floor dancing, I had nowhere else to be but in that moment. And I don't feel that very often these days. I feel like I'm constantly trying to figure out my next post or trying to figure out the next um, project I should be working on for my businesses or shoot, what did I forget to do today for X, Y, and Z? Or for instance, today I was on a business call and it was all about goals and my dreams and uh, you know what where I see myself next with this specific company and it was wonderful I feel like it's really important to do that you guys know I always talk about manifesting and having your goals be really like you know something we focus on but I also really struggle like I could get emotional about it I really struggle with keeping two feet on the ground I really struggle to enjoy everything about my chaotic life and it's such a beautiful life but it's wild and busy and messy you know I'm sitting here in my office with as you guys know I have gosh I have a rolling rack in here with clothes and I have Caden's toys in here and um there's Target return bags on my counter. It's just our catch-all room. And this past weekend, it was the first time Casey was home for two days. And I, uh, it was just unbelievable. It was so amazing to go on a family walk and go to the park and have nothing making me feel pressured, if that makes sense, like to be outside of that moment. But there's always that underlying feeling of, oh shoot, do I have content to post for today? Or do I have content to post for tomorrow? Or do I have a video because I'm trying to figure out TikTok? Or, you know, now with Brooklyn Grace, it's it's so important to me. And the messages I've been receiving are just exactly what I am hoping that this community is built off of and continues to grow with. Um, But I would say life before social media was, this might sound bad because I love my life and I didn't have Casey before social media and I didn't have Caden and I didn't have my dogs, but it was a little bit more vibrant. It, um, it was all about what was happening in that moment. And I forget that exact Bible verse. It's Matthew something, you know, where, uh, your worries for today are enough, you know, like you have enough worries for today. Don't, don't start worrying about tomorrow. I forget the exact Bible verse, but we have it written on our, our calendar, but I feel like now with social media, unfortunately, um, I'm constantly worrying about tomorrow. I'm constantly worrying about like the next hour. So not that things were easy before social media, but I just feel like I have some really vivid memories and they all were before social media. And I feel like I just kind of 
sometimes forget about grounding myself and living in this ultra world. But again, on the positive side of it, I feel like in a way, like all of you guys are essentially part of my social media family and community. And I feel so close with some of you guys, which might sound wild, but I feel like with the pandemic, it created a wedge between so many of my in-person friends and family. And now I have these incredible human beings who support me, whether it's monetarily, whether it's pressing download, whether it's reaching out and sending these messages because you trust me and you just want to know more because you don't want to feel alone. So there's so many beautiful things that have come out of social media, but I do feel like my, I do feel like my life before social media was just a little bit more vibrant. So um, I would love to talk further on that, but that's definitely kind of something with, um, where I'm at at the moment. Um, another question I got was just nutrition for health, uh, like health rather than just weight loss or weight gain. Um, obviously, I just talked briefly last week about my health and fitness journey. Um, and I think when it comes to uh, like nutrition for health rather than just weight loss, that was, or weight loss or gain, that's actually something I was just talking about on my phone call because I feel like I'm in this weird limbo at the moment where I don't really. I love, I absolutely love coaching. I love my Facebook group. I love my girls so, so much. Um, this specific season I'm in at the moment has been a challenge. Uh, we we have a challenge. There's four challenges a year. I was meaning that word challenge in two different contexts. So I'm sorry if that was confusing. I am in a challenging season. The current challenge that is going on at the moment, I feel like I have definitely dropped the ball on. And it's just because my life has been a little bit more chaotic and I will be able to disclose more in a couple weeks to you guys but um I just feel as though when it comes to nutrition for health that's kind of where my interest is now and I feel like it really is hard because such a big part of my focus previously as well as how I kind of grew my Instagram was on weight loss and um building lean muscle but all for a bodybuilding style and now I for me it's so much more focused around the season that I'm in is it around trying to conceive is it because of the postpartum journey is it because of how my hormones are doing you know my endometriosis all of that so I feel like the word health is so convoluted because each of us is so different and that's where I'm struggling within my personal coaching journey because I want all of you to thrive and I really do feel like we are a better version of ourselves when we feel comfortable in our skin and when you can just say yes to things, right? Your best friend invites you on a boating outing or your parents are going on a vacation and they want you to come along and you can just say yes because you're comfortable in your skin and you don't feel like you have to prep for something. This past week I was in Cabo with my balance family and all of us, we were like, how awesome is it that none of us dieted for this like back in the day I would literally have prepped for like 12 weeks knowing I was going to be in a swimsuit you guys I was eating pizza the day before I left I was at a Hawaiian restaurant the day before I arrived in Cabo like just things that are just different importance to me however I was telling Casey last night that I really feel like I've kind of dropped the ball in terms of my overall health uh, with movement with nourishing my body all of those things so Nutrition for health is going to look different for everybody. If you are dealing with hormone imbalances or uh, if you are postpartum or, you know, it's going to look different, but it might be, I think the biggest thing is going to be recognizing what's in our food. So as much as I don't like to push tracking macros on a people because it can be restrictive, it can also be something that's not sustainable. I really, really feel like the majority of us can benefit from taking 
10 to 14 days, okay? 10 to 14 days and tracking in an app that you are comfortable with, tracking your food intake. Don't change how you're eating. Just track what you're eating. So if you're having a piece of toast with half an avocado and an egg in the morning, awesome. Track that. What you're going to notice is that where you think you might be eating a high protein diet or where you think you might be eating a low carb diet or you think you might be eating a balanced meal, you actually might not be. So I feel like tracking for 10 to 14 days can help us really open our eyes. Will you learn everything in that amount of time? Absolutely not. But most of us, I feel like kind of eat similar things every day or maybe you have a kind of a two-week rotation on your dinners or whatever. I know for me, when I tracked macros, it was the first time that I was like, oh, you know, you, people are like, oh, um, peanut butter is such a great protein source. Well, no, peanut butter is a fat source with protein in it. So two tablespoons of, of peanut butter is going to have about 18 grams of fat and about seven grams of protein. So there's protein in it. There's also carbs in it. There's usually like six grams of carbs. But uh, peanut butter is not a protein protein source. It's a fat source with protein in it. So I find that it's going to be really, really beneficial for most of us to track our food, to learn what's in our food. Also, if you guys listened a long time ago, and you can probably scroll back, I have a ton of episodes with Malia. So Malia is a functional nutritional therapy practitioner, and she always talks about food and mood journaling. So nutrition for health is going to be how do you feel after you eat something. If you're sitting there eating, you know, pasta and everything's balanced, right? You have your protein, you have a meat sauce and there's 20 to 30 grams of protein in each in the serving. But after you eat it, you feel horrible. Well, let's kind of back it up. Do you think it's from the tomato sauce? Do you think it's from the pasta? And really learning how does your body respond? One thing I have definitely found out is I used to love to have like a like I'd make potatoes in the morning, like I'd do a big breakfast. I have definitely found out that I don't function very well after huge servings of uh, carbs. So I love carbs. Eat them all the time. I'm not afraid of them. But I personally do better at the end of the day eating a larger portion of my carbohydrates. If it's going to be during the day, I do better if it's a fruit, like a fructose that is a higher burning, like you can pretty burn through it pretty quickly if you're like moving or active. But if I'm eating like a big thing of rice or a big thing of potatoes or sweet potatoes, it ends up just kind of making me tired. But this took me time. This took me a long time to kind of figure out what feels good for me, what feels right. So for me during the day, I usually get most of my carb sources from things like fruits and veggies versus a really starchy carb. At the end of the day, add on that rice, add on that potato, whatever it may be, but I'm also kind of getting ready for bed, right? So the serotonin, sometimes um, higher carbs can release some serotonin. It can help you relax. So it's kind of like that happy, you know, uh, what is it? Like full and happy, you know, like big belly. So I think nutrition for health is... uh, (sighs) convoluted. Um, This is all stuff that I love to chat about in my Facebook group. So you guys are always welcome in there. Um, But I'm going to say make sure that you have 20 to 30 grams of protein at each meal. This is going to help with a couple things. For one, it's going to help you hit your daily protein goal. So you want to try and have one gram of protein per pound of goal body weight. So if you're striving to be 150 pounds, you want to try and eat 150 grams of protein. Now, by breaking it up and having 20 to 30 grams at each meal, and now you're eating every three to four hours, okay, awesome. Like that might be 
just what you need to hit your daily goal. But also you might not be somebody who wants to eat every three to four hours or maybe you thrive on bigger meals. That's totally fine. It's just going to be how can you get in that amount of protein throughout the day. I know for me the last few months, I'm not gonna lie, I have woken up, had some protein after my my workout and then I'm not really, I feel like I'm running around with Caden and I'm not really hungry until 11-ish. So I probably am having closer to like, 40-ish grams of protein at my meals um, because I'm just not eating every three to four hours. I'm not eating five times a day. I'm probably eating, what would you, like three and a half. So like that, um, I usually have like a protein source in the morning, whether it's in my uh, post-workout or if I do like a coffee or something and then I'll have a big breakfast, lunch, whatever. But again, usually not with a ton of carbs. And then in the afternoon, I'll probably have like a beef jerky stick, something, just a snack to hold me over, and then a massive dinner. Like my dinners are probably 1,400 calories, 1,500 calories. I just, I feel like with Caden now, I'm all over the place. Um, and so that's just kind of what works best for me at the moment. So nutrition for health is gonna look so different for everybody and it needs to be something that you can sustain and also something you enjoy. I also have noticed since being postpartum, I really like my fats. Like I feel like, I eat a ton of fats, um, a lot more than before, but that's also what my body craves. So learning your body, really going back, doing a food and mood journal. How do you feel after? And this isn't just like, oh, I'm bloated. Like, do you feel tired? Do you feel energized? Did you go for a walk or do something physical and you just felt like you have a big rock in your stomach? So it's gonna look different for everybody. Clearly, I have a hectic schedule and that can be hard. I think always having something on hand is really important. A lot of you ask, like, how do you maintain eating healthy or how do you do this with a hectic schedule or work-life balance? I really think a lot of it has to do with being flexible. Always, like for me in terms of eating, I have to have snacks on hand, like the beef jerky sticks. That is a must for me. It was so funny. Last week in Cabo, I had a bunch in my backpack for travel and I gave them to some of the girls and they work with other supplement companies. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm ordering these tomorrow. Like I swear by these things because there's 20 grams of protein in the beef jerky sticks and nine grams of fat. So you like actually say, stay satiated. Like they actually hold you over. So I think having a hectic schedule is very common for a lot of us. So it's just kind of being prepared, always having something to grab um, and not necessarily that being like the bag of chips, right? The crackers. I feel like that's so easy to go to. But for me, it's definitely beef jerky or having some protein source or uh, fresh fruit on hand. That always helps me. Um, ton of other questions, like I said, were relationship. So one of them was, what do you do what do you do for your relationship to keep intimacy strong? This is definitely something I'd love to chat with Casey about, but I also feel like it's something that um, I'm totally open to chat about. This is hard. And for us, postpartum, it took us a while. I feel like we got onto this place where we were teammates, like we were thriving. But obviously, you can't be sexually active for the first six weeks postpartum. And so then it just kind of becomes like... And you're not ready. Like, don't get me wrong. I was not ready. It flies by in a weird way. But we got into this weird routine and we were tired and I was still wasn't comfortable in my body. Everything felt like the first time, but like also not in a fun, exciting way. More like, a oh my gosh, I'm kind of nervous for this. Um, so it was definitely awkward, which sounds weird to say, but we broke past those barriers and definitely made sure that it was still a priority. But I do think that it has to be something that you're just really open about. I also think it's really important to understand that intimacy is so much more than sex. Um, I think, you know, do you guys sit it with each other on the couch? I know for Casey and I, like he sits on his 
couch and I sit on mine like he's on the small one and I'm on the bigger one and sometimes I have I like choose to physically get up and go over and sit with him just so that it's acknowledging like hey look there's been a lot of space between us or even if it's 10 minutes like let's just you know I'm just gonna sit here and it's not announcing it it's just doing it it's also not waiting for him to make the move I think a lot of us especially as women if we're uncomfortable uncomfortable in our skin or we're you know um I don't know. I know like the postpartum aspect, right? Or maybe there's just a hectic schedule going on and we kind of wait for them to make the move because it, I don't know, we want to be wanted or whatever. And again, this is different for everybody. Um, I mean, I definitely have a higher, like I have a pretty high sex drive, I feel like for a female, Um, but I also want to be wanted. And so sometimes like me making the move, I'm like, oh no, I'll just wait. I'll just wait. But I feel like remembering that intimacy can start outside of the bedroom and it can be in other aspects of life. And it can be that little look across the room or that sweet little text. And so sometimes remembering like, what do you want your significant other to do? That sometimes is the exact, is the, I can't speak, is the exact thing that we need to do for them. So if it is that little note or cleaning up the house or whatever it is, those are also moments that help other intimate moments. Um, For us, it was definitely having conversations about, hey, what is something that we want to strive for in terms of how many times per per week do we want to be intimate? Like that's something that I feel like is... uh, a big question and I also think people think it's weird because you're like oh should it be planned or not planned we don't plan it but like I think it's important to be like okay this is something that we think is healthy or whatever and obviously each week is going to be so dang different but that's just where we've gotten and I think that you know you can compare yourself to your honeymoon phase you can compare yourself before kids or whatever but I can tell you like we're closer now after having Caden and after having the really hard, awkward stages, um, like last year when we left to the Dominican Republic, I, you guys, I literally remember in my head being like, this needs to go perfectly. Like, I feel like we're team, and Caden was eight and a half months old. Like, we are teammates, and um, the intimacy was there, but not the connection intimacy. You know what I mean? Like, there was just, I don't know, like the cutesy stuff and the laughing and the best friends and the just wanting to flirt like that wasn't there. And so for me, the flirting, I think, creates such a better energy around the rest of the intimacy in the relationship. So, again, it's so different for everybody. But for us, like to keep like to keep intimacy strong, I think it's acknowledging it everywhere within the relationship and not just in the bedroom. And also like get out of your head sometimes, you know, and just make the move. I was talking to a couple girlfriends and we're like, read read a book that like has, I don't know, some of that like feistiness in it and then you're gonna kind of want to be in the mood and then it helps out. So sorry if that's TMI for some of you guys, but I feel like I would like to break down the walls in those conversations because I think a lot of us feel alone in them. Um, I don't think there's like a right and a wrong. I don't think there's a rhyme or a rhythm or a reason to any of it. And I just think that, I don't know, like those are the things that I kind of want to know and how to, you want a healthy and strong relationship for a long time, not just, you know, the first year or whatever. So um, that's that. (laughs) 
I will for sure address more when Casey is on. So I'm just going to do probably one or two more. Um, okay, so the pressure, um, the pressure social media has on your daily thoughts. This is something that has really impacted me. Um, thankfully, not so much now. I think for a long time, I thought I had to fit a mold, whether it was for a company I worked with, whether it was for a post, whether it was for showing up in my stories. I feel like now between my Facebook group and this podcast, um, as well as my Instagram community, but all of those people who like thoroughly, you guys who thoroughly support me, I feel like you know me. Um, But I will say that unfortunately, it plays a heavier role than I would like it to. I think it impacts how I think about myself. I think it impacts how I want to be a mom. I think it impacts where I think I should be in life, whether it's me in my 30s, whether it's me in a married relationship, whether it's me within my business. Um, And I think that it makes me question where I'm at. And it makes me uh, think less of where I'm at. So even with Brooklyn Grace, you know, I had so many people that were like, oh my gosh, did you sell out right away? I was like, no, but like, was I supposed to? Like, that wasn't my business model. That wasn't my intention. That wasn't the inventory I had. Um, I had a different approach. Uh, I feel like I want people to be able to get their hands on things and, it, but then you start to get in your head, you know, and I start to look at other people who launch and they sell out, but then I forget, you know, well, maybe they had 25 order, you know, 25 items versus however much I had. So anyways, I feel like the pressures of social media definitely um, impact my thoughts more so in a negative way. I do really try to follow people that like up- uplift me and inspire me and encourage me. And it's things like this. It's getting on my podcast and just knowing that I have such an incredible community here that like really helps me continue moving forward. So um, if I don't respond to DMs as much as I used to, that's probably a big big reason and I am so sorry, but it is just kind of protecting my energy and protecting my mental health because um, it, it it's hard when you put so much out there and you just want to help. And I also don't want to filter. You know what I mean? Like I want to just hop on my story and talk. And if I say something quote unquote wrong or if I use the wrong word or if I leave something out or I, it's just like, I, you guys know me. I don't edit these podcasts. I don't want to have to edit my life. Um, I chose this route, right? Like, I'm totally happy with it. I know I have to, you know, you reap the rewards and you reap the struggles, whatever it is. But um, it's just hard. And I think sometimes you like second guess yourself for everything. So, overall, I would say it's negative pressure um, or negative impact on my daily thoughts. But I've gotten pretty good at being strong and like, like I said earlier, really trying to ground myself a little bit more um, within my life. Okay, two more questions. There's some really good ones, but I'm just going to quickly touch on these last two. Um, One of them, when to know it's time to leave a toxic relationship. And the reason why I wanted to address this one is because obviously I talked about my 10-year relationship. And I don't think I would view... (sighs) I don't think I'd want to categorize it as toxic just because I care about that individual. It was a huge part of my life. But at some point, you have to be able to admit if it's no longer serving you. So if you are in a toxic relationship, and you guys, this does not have to be boyfriend or girlfriend. Like This can be a best friend. This can be a coworker. There is so much toxicity that we don't realize. And I think the biggest thing is recognizing how it's impacting you and recognizing if you're making excuses for this person. So I think a big thing is we can genuinely love this individual and we can genuinely see a future with them. What Again, friendship, coworker, relationship, really, it, it doesn't have to be boyfriend and girlfriend. And you see a future with them. You have such a positive outlook on maybe where things started or where they were. And we hold on to that. But the moment that you're in now, is it is it causing you pain for one, physical, mental, emotional? If it's causing you pain, that's probably some sort of toxic 
toxicity. Again, I'm not a relationship expert. This is not something that's within my like scope of practice or telling you to leave. This is from my experience. I was starting to get held back and every single move I was making had to be for the other person. Like I, I had to make sure it was always for the benefit of us or it was never out of something that I was maybe excited about or um, just something I wanted to do for me. It was, you know, people can say like, you know, when you, when right with Casey, like I'm married, I have a kid. And of course I run things by Casey, but there's nothing about our relationship that makes me feel like I can't do something or I shouldn't do something. Um, so for me, my toxic relationship or the toxicity within the relationship because I don't want to consider it a toxic relationship but there was toxicity within the relationship and it definitely was when I started making excuses for this other person and I also started realizing that I was cutting other people out of my life unintentionally but I was also afraid to hear their opinions and afraid to hear where they where their stance was on my relationship and that was because I did not want to be honest with myself about what was actually happening so that is when I knew I was in my relationship had developed a lot of toxicity and it was time to leave. It was impacting my every move. It was impacting my future. And I was no longer, quite literally, no longer living up to the standards that I held for myself. I also think it's really important to look at yourself. Are you with somebody or are you surrounding yourself with somebody who challenges you to be better? And I felt like I was trying so hard to challenge this other individual and I was like, I can change them. I know I can. That was also toxic to that individual. I might not have been a negative toxicity, but this person, this person I loved and, you know, planned a life with, I can't change them. And so there was just toxicity in the whole thing and I was manifesting this dream world in my head almost where I thought this relationship could go and where I had seen it you know hopefully unfold and it just wasn't going to get there mind you some things take time right some things take a lot of time you don't give up on it but you have to look at what are you giving up what is this other individual giving up and you know are you are you cutting things and people out of your life so that's just like I mean I feel like I could do an entire podcast on all of that um, my relationship and everything but again like I said last week just you know wanting to make sure that I respect privacy and I genuinely don't know if I'm ready <laughs> to go through all of it um, I think I probably need to go to some therapy a little bit more therapy for that so um uh, last one so as a trainer I'm always so the question was as a trainer I'm always curious about how to not let motherhood get in the way of or not let it be an excuse to not take care of my body and feel my best and this is quite literally what I just got off the phone with also and I feel as though it's really easy so I've talked about this before are you making an excuse or is it a reason so breaking your leg is a reason right but it only goes so far not breaking your leg, but certain excuses or certain things that we are allowing to be the reason we're not showing up for ourselves. Ask yourself, is this the reason? Is it actually a reason or is it now becoming an excuse? So motherhood for a lot of us, it is a valid reason. If you have a newborn, if you are still trying to figure out, you know, the juggling of everything, maybe your significant other went back to work or maybe you're working full time again and you're just trying to figure things out. 
that's fine. Those are reasons. But at some point, has it been six months? Because now it's kind of becoming an excuse. So like for me, I haven't had childcare now in about six or seven weeks. And I'm kind of getting to the point where a lot of these things are now excuses because this is my situation. So this is my current situation. And while it's a valid reason, I know me, I know my drive, I know my dedication to myself, and I'm now just allowing things to be excuses. I also think that a lot of us need to give ourselves more grace. Um, What I talked about on this call that I had was I feel as though there's not a lot of quote unquote like me being represented out there. Like there's so many of us, right? Like moms that are overwhelmed working from home and cannot keep up with everything. That's so many of us, but it's just not what we see because it's hard to put it out there like that, right? Like no, none of us want to be woe is me. Like we're capable of this. We are badass moms. We are badass women. We are badass business owners. We can do this. We can do it all. But there's not a lot of representation in terms of that struggle and that chaos and that hecticness. Like, I'm sorry, my workouts don't look like a CrossFit or a gym or a structured 30 to 45 minutes. That's just not the season of life that I'm in right now. Um, And again, on some level, my reasons are becoming excuses. I will totally be there. But I do think that's also a huge reason why I was saying at the beginning of this podcast why I'm struggling with my current challenge girls because I am not showing up for myself. And I feel like as a trainer, that's when you need to take a step back. And maybe I was very honest with my girls. I said, I'm not feeling my best. Um, I'm 100% aware I'm not showing up the way that I should as a coach, as an advisor, and I was open with them. Be transparent, but I do think that you have to hone in on your own goals, and remember, it's not about motivation. It's gotta be about the discipline that you have. So what is important to you, and, and go back to the basics. What do you tell your clients? Because for me, I know that I tell my clients, like, look at your week ahead. Where can you, let's choose three days. And I'm talking all seven days, okay? Not just Monday through Friday. Three days that you can look at your schedule and you know that you can, Now, I'm not saying fit it in, you guys. I'm saying find that time in your schedule that it's dedicated for you. Whether it's movement, whether it's self-care, whatever it is. If that means you're getting up earlier, that means you're getting up earlier. If that means you are staying up later or uh, not sitting on the couch and watching your show, that's what we have to do. And I feel like a lot of us, I know for me, I'm like, well, I look forward to that time to watch my show or I look forward to reading my book or I have to record my podcast or I have to do this. Like there's so many excuses and on some level they're valid reasons. But again, what is important to you? And as a trainer, I feel like a lot of us have to lead by example. And I right now feel like I am up to my head and just where the heck is my life going and how can I kind of figure out how to plan out my day? And that is okay. But it's again, being honest and open with your clients And I think that a lot of us, if you're listening and you are a mom, you're going to go through those ebbs and flows, but it's really going to be finding that time to lean into when it feels right. And maybe it sometimes for me, I like that's where I'm at right now. It's the threshold. It's like that pushing point where I'm like, okay, I can't keep going like this. Like I feel unorganized in life because I'm not making time for me. So you can either wait till you hit that point or recognize it now and start to make sure it's a priority again motivation won't be there. It's either going to be a breaking point or it's going to be something where you're finally just like, yes, discipline is going to take over. So don't feel guilty if you are a trainer or uh, whatever you're doing in life, right? And maybe motherhood is kind of, I don't want to use the word getting in the way of it, but it is. It's impacting our performance, whether it's in work, whether it's in our marriage, in our friendships. At some point, 
we hope those in our life understand. Um, and that was where I was at on this call where it just felt like, I don't want to be woe is me by any means, but sometimes you're just like, ah, like I can't, I'm, I don't know how to explain what my day looks like or how it unfolds, right? So uh, just know you're not alone in that. We have to give ourselves grace. But again, find that place where you can create that discipline and know that, you know, that breaking point might come. We also don't want it to keep coming, right? We don't want to keep waiting for it to come until we show up. And then a month or two later, we're trying all over again. So each season is going to change. It all evolves. I feel like balance is kind of BS. I feel like I'm always balanced. It's going to look different in each season. It's going to look different every day and it's going to feel different to each of us. So just remember your life does not need to replicate or emulate somebody else's. Our life is not supposed to be a copy and paste of who we love to follow on social media. And again, like I said, I think it was last week or the week before. Remember, even if somebody put every single bit that they could on their story until Instagram maxed it out, it's 25 minutes of their life. So whatever we are comparing ourselves to, it is 25 minutes of our life. And also when we show up on our stories, it's usually at a frequency that's a little bit higher than what is like a normal functioning day. Um, and I think that's what a lot of us want to see. I, I think because I know for me, I don't want you guys to watch me on my story like, all right, guys, so, you know, it's another day. You know what I mean? Like, you you need a little bit of something, something. So, anyways, I appreciate you all. As always, I just love this this community, this platform, a place that I can just be me and just talk. Um, so, thank you for allowing me to do that. And without further ado, make it a great day, and I'll catch you in the next one. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. Your continued support means more than you know. If you enjoyed today's podcast, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast, as well as screenshot this episode and share it on your social media. I would like to thank each and every one of you, as well as my editor and producer, Michael, for making this podcast possible. I appreciate each of you so much. And if you'd like to know more about me or follow me on other social medias, you can find me on all platforms at Carly Andell. Thank you again, and I'll catch you in the next episode.